Today I'm pulling Dana into a rabbit hole where I've spent a little time lately. She thinks we're talking about the difference between complacency and acceptance. But then it goes somewhere I don't think she was quite expecting. Maybe you're grappling with similar questions. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm David. Maybe something about my story will sound familiar to you. I was a business owner working in marketing who had somehow managed to make it all the way to my 40s before I discovered that the thing that was torpedoing my world was ADHD. So I went on a quest. I was looking for a coach and I found the amazing Dana Rayburn. I saw such dramatic results that I thought more people need a dose of Dana in their lives. And the Kick Some ADHD podcast was born. Hey, Dana, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Do you accept me the way that I am? Oh, David, I do. <laughs> I'm not complacent about that at all. Oh, I accept that's great. you. No, I like that. It's it's funny because because you know we issued an apology on this show as a bonus kick, you know, about two weeks a ago, a little weeks less ago, than that. Yeah. But it, it, and it has to do with some things that happened to me. And 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 what I just want to make clear to you, dear listener, is that this topic today <laughs> did not come about because we had to issue an apology. And I'm telling you that now because just as a point of interest, this was already what we were planning to discuss. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, oh but Dana, you 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 beat this drum. I want to say I want to say consistently. I was about to say you beat it really hard, but you really don't. You 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 do it consistently and in a nudging way. But I feel like it's something that you've you've really settled for yourself a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was part of my journey of learning to live with my ADHD is to be the person that I wanted to be, to be a person of integrity. I've re And I still struggle with this, this idea of when am I being complacent and settling? And when am I accepting what's truly going on and, with me in my world? And there's, there's this sort of nuance between self-acceptance, in other words, that you, you not just accept reality or the circumstances or your brain chemistry or whatever, but you truly accept yourself as who you are. And I really get the sense, Dana, that you really love yourself. I think that... that I do. I, 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 I do. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I really feel like that's true. Yes, it's true. This is not a persona that you put on in, when you're being an no. ADHD coach. No, and not dear, at dear all. listener, I can tell you this because Dana and I have, yes, we've, we, we actually have met up and spent time together, many hours together in the same room, although we were, we were distancing... <laughs> <laughs> because somebody had COVID. <laughs> I, I happen to have brought COVID-19 with me to Las Vegas. But anyway, but but having spent that time with you, Dana, I I really, you can tell deep down that, that this is something that you, you notice. Like if, in other words, if you, Dana, if you were still carrying questions about whether you accepted yourself or not, at even no matter how far you had buried them, that stuff, you can't hide that. You can't, you don't fake that. Like it, it, it comes out. It's noticeable, right? Yeah. And there are, it doesn't mean that I'm not sometimes struggling with this, especially aging. 
you know, and you realize, oh man, look at, look at this body and, you know, or, or look at, um, gosh, the time's going by and there's not much time, not as much time left as I thought there was or whatever. I mean, there still are things that I've got to step back and realize I need to accept this and make peace with it. And so the question that I've been sort of grappling with that you and I talked about a little bit, Dana, that gets to the heart of this is, is, is how do you distinguish between accepting yourself and having feelings of self-acceptance and the appropriate self-compassion and on the other side of that coin potentially is the, you know what? I don't have to work that hard toward XYZ goal or I'm I'm willing to stay like I am now, you know, and not make changes for purposes of growth that I might need to make. Oh, but I'm always making changes for purposes of growth, David. It's you, never that journey doesn't stop. I'm always working on me. Yeah. And so I think that, that So I think I misunderstood what you were saying. I think for a lot of us though there's a tension between those two things. There's the I want to work towards something and I want to and we talk on this show a lot Dana about dealing in reality and dealing in uh in in truth with with what we're what we're working with. Mm-hmm. But but also being willing to do hard things in order yeah. to become who we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you see that sort of tension between the like who I yeah. am today oh, that I'm willing to accept tension. and then the who I want to be that I'm willing to work toward? And, and, and how do I know if I'm, if I'm actually being complacent in the process of learning to accept myself? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to me, complacency, and I spent a lot of years being complacent, and I spot complacency in people that say they want to work with me, but don't want to do the work. Um, And so I have thought a lot about this, and you bringing this up and saying, hey, let's talk about this really made me step back and say, okay, Dane, how do you know the difference? How do you really know the difference? Um, And and I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about complacency versus acceptance or the, you know, what you want, how you want to take this, or you just want to get into the meat of how I know the difference. Well, um, yeah, I, let's I mean, just get into the meat. Let's get into the meat. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we need to do is it, and it's this, it's a day to day thing when you're in the middle of living with ADHD, when you're struggling with it, or not even struggling when you're just living with it. How do you tell the difference between complacency for just settling for how things are pretending there aren't problems, and accepting it and saying, okay, this is, this is the deal. This is the reality. This is the the situation. So part um, of it for you is self awareness, right? Knowing, very much so. Because very be, much. because to you it, it would be complacency if you were just ignoring a truth about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and I did that for so many years. Okay. You know the the lies you tell yourself. Oh, I'll do that. Or da 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 da. And and I I or oh I can't. I just it's too hard to do. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I I lived that. I was that person for a lot of years. 
I didn't like being that person, but that's who I was. And that made me realize for me, when I'm honest, when I'm aware, when I'm self-reflecting, that I can tell the difference. Mm. I'd like to maybe share a quick story from my own journey that might help illuminate this a little further. When I got the ADHD diagnosis and I was in that zone where all of a sudden a bunch of things started to dawn on me, you know, one of the things I had struggled with previously in working with my clients in my business was that uh, not, not, not always, but maybe more than half of my client relationships and at some point ended up going sideways. And my story about that, that I told myself had a series of components to it that included things that turned out to be maybe less, they're not, they're not, they weren't less true, but they became less weighted in my mind as factors. And an, an example might be uh-huh. along the way. I so, for example, Dana, as you as you probably can attest, I am not a project manager, and in fact, I I know what to do to manage projects well and to communicate frequently with people. And so, one of the things that would happen is that we would be waiting on something from a client, let's say, and you know we can't move forward until we have the thing. And in project management, that's an expectation you communicate clearly and you remind them constantly so that if there's a question in anyone's mind about why the project isn't getting done, they know that it's on them. You're waiting on them. And if you don't communicate that clearly enough or frequently enough, then in the minds of a paying client, they think, well, I paid this fee and nothing's happening. And they lose track of the fact that you're waiting on them. And so because I didn't manage that process well and communicate clearly and whatever, um, that was often a, a, a characteristic of those relationships that went sideways, right? And in those situations, Dana, it was true. I was waiting on them. You were waiting on them, but not communicating it. Yeah, but I hadn't done what I needed to do. And over time, I yeah. hired people to help and they would, they would handle some of the communications and, and whatnot. And it happened less frequently. But in my mind, I was always able to say, well, that was that client's fault, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in reality, because I was the service provider in that situation, it really was on me to have, have managed that more actively. And so my story was about the clients. Even though along the way I knew <laughs> you know, what to do and I knew that I wasn't doing it well, I was able to sort of shuffle that under the rug. And so as I started to become aware of it, of the ADHD diagnosis, I realized, well, part of the reason that I wasn't handling the management of the project well in communication was because of ADHD. So that didn't, for some people that might've created an excuse. For me, it didn't create an excuse for all of that. It helped me understand that actually I really was to blame, right? Yeah. That yeah. I held and more of that And that's the acceptance. Yeah. yeah. That's the acceptance. And, yeah, so to yeah. yeah, and to me that that's the deal is where you stop making the stories, you stop making the excuses, you stop blaming, and it's just based in reality. Yeah. Now, awareness isn't enough, as we've talked about many times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awareness isn't enough. It's awareness and action, as I, we teach in the Success Club. Awareness is just <laughs> one step: awareness and action, but also accepting. Where you are at that point, can you, what can you do about it? Can you change that? And as 
dearest listener, as you progress on your ADHD journey, as you heal it and get better and better at managing things, that will change. You'll be able to do something in two years that you can't do now. Yeah. And and that changes. So when we're saying acceptance, it doesn't mean that you're stuck right. and that you're not moving forward. We mean that it's this reality-based awareness without excuses, without blaming, without, you know, making grandiose promises and not following through. It, it's just, it's based in reality. Yeah. So that that journey happens again and again and again. And I know we're, we're all at different stages of life. So, you know, some of us are squarely in midlife. I don't even know what that term means, Dana. In, in, Who knows more, what it means, you know, but, <laughs> but I mean, for, for our listener, for you, dear listener, I'm, I'm in my late forties, Dana, you're, you're a little bit older than I am. Um, I'm not going to tell your age. I'm not here to tell Thank your you. age. Be, but what what tends to happen, I think, to humans is that at some point you wake up and you realize that I have less time left than I did before in my life, you know. And, and yeah. And in fact, in fact, there's a there's a there's a there's a middle point somewhere. Like there's less left than 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 I've already had, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Dealing with that reality, Dana, has um, has not been, and, and and I know it's not necessarily easy for many people. It's not been easy for me, and it's been a growing awareness. It's not like you. Actually, I, I misspoke. I said you wake up. You don't really wake up. It dawns on you over a period of time. It creeps up on you, and and for me, I can say, and I don't want to make this episode all about me, Dana, but uh, but but because I, I I have this sense that you have grappled with this successfully <laughs> and that's why I'm talking to you about it um, whereas I'm still grappling with it the 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 realization that there are things that I bring to the table that I have to offer that I'm here to do mm-hmm. call it purpose call it whatever you want to call it is there a higher power that's you know you know we could argue all of those details but regardless I'm not content living my life without making the contribution that I am here to make. It's not acceptable to not do that. Yeah, I was just talking to a private client about this the other day because she's not doing the stuff she wants to do. And and I, you know, where are you spending your time? Well, I'm on my phone. I'm playing games on my phone. I've got you know 25, 27 games on my phone, and I just go play those. And I, you know, it was okay. Who do you really want to be? And why are you here? Because I believe you, David, I think we're each here for a purpose. Who knows what it is? And it doesn't have to be grandiose. Yeah. And, and, but and, I and don't I've believe any that. of our purpose yeah. is to sit on a phone and play games. Agreed. And our, and our purpose is not to watch the relationships in our lives deteriorate or, right. or fail to follow up on our commitments that we make Yeah. or yeah. not produce enough money to support your family or all the things that we might grapple with as people with ADHD. Right. Right. And so for me, it's like, I am not willing to be complacent, but at the same time, I am also not willing to subject myself to the kind of abuse that I used to deal out to myself in order to execute. Yes. Because acceptance isn't abuse. 
Yeah. It's it's not. And and and, and yeah. And it can be it, it is a very fine line. Especially because the, the sort of the the not productive coping mechanisms, for example, always having to create a deadline or a crisis in order to wake up your brain and engage, right? That was a cycle that I rode for years, and Dana, it 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 will reduce the amount of time I have left on the planet if like that that was where <laughs> I was at. Like it was going to destroy something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an example of the kind of abuse and, and even perfectionism, right? Like like we talk a lot about wrestling with perfectionism and 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 part of me resists it Dana when you call me out on perfectionism because I'm not willing to settle for not being my best self. And But perfectionism perfectionism isn't your best self. That's true, and I and I can accept that. And I'm, and I've learned, you've helped me learn a lot about that, but it's still something that gnaws at me when I think, okay, if I'm willing to reduce the quality of X, Y, or Z, does that mean that I'm not being my best self? And that's still a question I have to wrestle with. It's not clear enough to me that, you know, that answer. And I can't give you an answer with that one, David. I think it's the kind of thing because what I that you need to figure out for yourself because that's what I've realized for me is when you were saying, okay, how do you tell the difference? I think it's different for all of us. And I think we need to step back and look at what's the reality. If I'm being a perfectionist, that is blocking my ability to do what I was put on this earth to do. That is blocking me from being my best self. Yeah. And and that um, starting to grapple with what is what is good enough? And while at the same time not allowing yourself, and this is, I guess there's, there's, for me, I can just speak for me, there's a fear that if I truly just engage and embrace self-acceptance completely, that I'm going to be the person who lands in the zone that says, you know what, everything's fine, and I'm just going to stay the way that I am, and I'm not going to um, strive to to grow anymore and and it, what's funny is like it's absurd to even imagine that scenario dana you know me well enough to know like that's not even yeah. possible but I think, and that's yeah that's complacency if that's that what you're doing that's complacency right and how you know what i the things that i see when people are being complacent they hear the signs pretending that there isn't anything wrong yeah not caring that there's a problem getting away with what you can get away with you know you're not going to do that Knowing there's a problem and settling for it. Yeah. Looking for that magic cure, you know, getting all excited about and falling for the lies and that, oh, this is going to be easy and and that changing an ADHD life is easy. You know, those, the, to me, that's complacency. It's this settling. And that's not what you're talking about. You'll never be a person that settles. But being a perfectionist, I'm trying to think of, is it, it's being it's an it's a form of complacency. Is it? it, it I don't is, know. I just it is. It, in, in, I, in my brain's not wrapped way. around it yet. I, I, yeah, I, it is. The analogy for me is that years ago I was in a client's office working with this team, and and they had a, a consultant in, in that was not related to market. I was there to talk about marketing and growth, and this other consultant was helping them execute well. And the consultant 
turn to the founder of the business who was an entrepreneur, one of us. I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't think he's diagnosed, but one of us, right? And he, and he turned to the entrepreneur and he said, here, and he named the entrepreneur, is an example of someone who is just wired to spot opportunity. He's an entrepreneur. He has more business ideas before he gets to the office than most people have in a decade, right? And if he doesn't recognize that he will never live long enough to achieve all of those ideas, even his favorites, even if you winnow out the ones that like don't survive the, you know, 24 hour smell test or whatever, Mm -hmm. even then, like in other words, like even if you narrowed him down to five or 10, he still won't live long enough. And I, 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 I looked at the guy as if he had just, you know, opened the, the skies and, 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 you know, an epiphany had fallen out of the universe and landed on my head because like somewhere deep inside, I was like, wait, 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 no, I'm hanging on to some of these ideas, man. Like, uh, you know, yeah. and you're it, fighting, yeah. fighting for the way things are. And it, and it's, and in reality, like trying to, trying to figure out how to hang on to all those ideas is not only absurd, but it actually prevents you from, from accomplishing the things that you can do. because you're dividing your focus at some level, at least that was the case for me. So I think that's part of this scenario, Dana, is that, is that actually being willing to say, I'm not capable of executing to the level of perfectionism that my mm, wiring wants to insert into every project I, you know, take, take on. It's just not, I won't live long enough. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and so consequently I will do nothing as well as I could. Right. And I love this idea David that you just exploded my brain that cuz you always think of complacency as just being kind of a slacker. But really for you complacency is the perfectionism and the expectations of all these wonderful things that you'll be able to do at this amazing level that is not possible. Yeah, and it it is not the only form of complacency, but it's a it's an attractive one. It's yeah. one that 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 I get drawn toward, and mm-hmm. if I'm not watching it, it 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 just g- grabs me, and I'm like, <laughs> here I go again, you know? Yeah. So, I guess, Dana, you, you know, th- this I want to wrap this up because we because we could talk about a, a lot of this stuff, and I'm not sure how productive it is at some point. So I, I want to kind of like land the plane, but. But I, I, I feel like this was worth opening this this little box. Maybe it's Pandora's box, but but it, it, we, we've, we've danced around this before, and I know we've had conversations along these lines, but there's something in this that I feel like, since I'm grappling with, my hope is that maybe other people, you, dear listener, perhaps, maybe you're grappling with this or you have grappled with it or it's 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 lurking in the background at some level. And this is one of these that I needed to bring into the light and go, you know what, I got to... I got to think about this. Yeah, because, and and yes, listener, I encourage you to notice what's going on for you. What are your signs that you're being complacent, that you're you're settling for the way things are, for the struggles? Um, and it feels different for all of us. David's is this perfectionism idea. Mine is when I start to make excuses and blame and just it feels kind of whiny because my I've never been a perfectionist. My tendency was never to try hard enough. Mm. And that was that was my flavor of it that I've had to fight. So it's when I start making excuses, blaming other people, blaming consequences, all of this. Acceptance is for me is so much wiser. It's a calm 
this is how it is. This is the reality feeling. One of the big clues, I think, and I heard someone say this, and so I'm, I'm unable to take credit for this, but one of the big clues to when you might be in denial or might be avoiding some self-awareness is when you ask yourself the question, what are you not willing to feel? Ooh, I have to think about that one. What are you not willing to feel? And I don't know if it's worth trying to answer it right now, Danny, because first of all, I just sprung it on you, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a question that can help lead you into some additional self-awareness. And I think that part of, part of the deal, we've all seen people, unfortunately, who are addicts, maybe it's alcohol or maybe it's a substance abuse or maybe it's something else. For some people, it's achievement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're absolutely in denial about the issues and they, they, they take wreckage follows them through their life. Right. And because they're in denial, they're either not aware or they just refuse to, to look at it. And I don't want to be the sort of person that does either one. I, I, I'm, I'm that's because you're not at that point, that's not self-acceptance, nor is it any kind of self-improvement. It's the definition of the things that will that will cause us to never get to becoming who who we want to be. Yeah. So that what are you not willing to feel? I may be taking this differently than than you're intending, but I'm not willing to feel embarrassed. I'm not willing to blame. I'm not willing to feel ashamed of my actions. I'm not willing to make excuses. Sometimes I have to apologize. Yeah, but I'm not willing to make apologies because I haven't done what needs to be done. And that's what I tell my team. You know, I don't like to apologize, so we need to make sure these systems work as well as we can possibly make them. They're never going to be perfect. Stuff goes wrong. You know, that's called technology. That calls business. We can't catch everything. But I hate to apologize if I don't have to. So is that what you mean by what that's, are you not willing that's a to perfect, feel? That's a perfectly fine answer to the question. There's no, there isn't a wrong answer to this question. I think I've been, I've been on the side of that question where you know, in all those years, for example, before my diagnosis, you know, after a while, you start to realize that wherever you go, there you are. You know, mm-hmm. and and there's a common denominator in all those client relationships. And guess what? Yeah. You know, it's me. So for a long time, I was unwilling to feel the weight of that responsibility because as far as I knew, I was doing everything I could to try to not end up in that situation. You know, yeah. I, would, I would emerge from one, you know, uh, bad client situation into, into a fresh one and say, well, this one I'm not going to screw up, you know. And of course there was a level of self-awareness I couldn't reach then because I didn't have the diagnosis nor the the understanding mm-hmm. of my brain chemistry. And I searched for years to try to find out if it was me. And, but, but there, to some degree I was, I was afraid to feel like it was me. And so I'm not unwilling to feel that. And 
I think I'm hearing what you say, what you, your answer to that, like I'm, I'm unwilling to apologize and feel the, the shame of having been the responsible party for whatever as, and I don't mean to minimize what you said, but as a, as a, as a next layer where it's like, okay, I've been that person way too many times. I'm no longer willing to be that person. And so yeah. I will do what it takes to not be that person. Yeah. And what really got me to work on my ADHD and to to figure out what was going on. It was, it was years ago and I was in, I was probably 40. Um, and I remember I was just, I was, I literally was in a, in a fetal position on the ground. And I said, it does not have to be this hard. I am unwilling to feel anymore this hopelessness that I can't sit at my desk and even get my brain to work and get anything done. That I just was unwilling to feel that just, devastation of knowing that deep inside of me there was someone with great ideas and energy and all of this stuff that just couldn't access it and that was that was my hit the wall moment for ADHD it was I I am not willing to feel this and do it like this anymore I there's got to be a better way yeah and I think to some degree I am still in that process it's it's to 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 I can't conjure up any more motivation right now Mm -hmm. to do, to do more, but there's a growing and and it's, to me, it's cyclical. You know, you use the, the vistas analogy, like you, you, you sort of like descend into a ravine and you come up to the top of the, 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 of the hill. And then you're like, Oh, look, there's more terrain in front of me. And I think that to some degree, I'm still in that cycle where I'm like, okay, there are, gifts that I didn't earn that have been given to me that I need to make something out of. And there are things in my life preventing me from doing that. And the things that are preventing me from doing that are not serving me, nor are they serving the world. And so as I become aware of them, I'm, I'm grappling with them. But I'm pretty sure that I'm going to grapple with the next round of them and find out there's there's more, you know, and I think that's that's part of the deal is like I, I'm I am at least moving forward. I'm not. Yeah. You know, and and maybe that's part of the answer. But but I think I think you said it best, Dana. No one from the outside can look in at my life or your life and say, you're not trying hard enough. Or you're not doing what it takes. I think only we can answer that. Right. We have to be the ones to honestly look at it and not, some people will never reach that point in their life where they're willing to really look at it. They're not willing to stop and make the changes and do what they need to do. And the, and the flip side to me of what are you not willing to feel is our, our perennial question. Who do you want to be? I'll tell you what I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to live out my full existence. I mean, I, I could get hit by a bus or something, you know, and cut it short. But like, assuming I live out the full time frame, I'm not willing to get to the end and still think if only I had done what I was here to do. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that. As the poet Mary Oliver um I'm, bu- I'm going to butcher it, and I don't remember the name of the poem, but it's one of my favorites, is is how do you want to s- spend your one wild and beautiful life? 
Yeah. And that's a question you can't wait till the end to answer. No. Because because you will have arrived at a place where you can no longer do it. Wow, David, deep stuff here. I, I, yeah, I kind of pulled us into this one, Dana. I dragged you into it. No, it's good. It's, it, I'm really glad that you did. It's always good to explode our synapses a little bit, build some more gray cells. I think so. And th- th- of course, this is a question people deal with, whether or not ADHD is part of their life. But I, I think right. for those of us with ADHD, we especially have to look this one squarely in the face or life will pass us by. Yeah. Yep. All right. What do you think, listeners? We'd love to know. Are you settling? Are you accepting? Is it secular, circular, secular, and you you solve something and it comes back a little bit differently? You know, what is it? Vistas, horizons, what are you experiencing? Drop us an email. Hello at kicksomeadhd.com. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and go kick some ADHD. So what do you think? Is kick some ADHD making a difference in your life? If so, join the movement. Help Dana and me help more people. Just share Kick Some ADHD with your people and leave a rating and review in your podcast app. It does help us spread the word that living with ADHD doesn't have to be so hard.